Hello and welcome to Unlicensed Therapy. My name is Peter and today I am joined once again by my wildly handsome and talented co-host Andreas. Happy St. Patrick's Day. How are you today? Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm doing fantastic. That's great. Well, there is an Irish tradition. Yeah. Um, where you take a shot of Irish whiskey and say, Slancha. Yeah. We were informed moments ago. <laughs> um, In true form to this podcast, our opinion is informed with secondhand knowledge yes. uh, 30 seconds before it matters. 100%. So on that note. Oh, that was good. I know, right? <clears throat> Cheers, Andres. Cheers, Peter. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patty's. Slancha. <sighs> Slancha. I forget what it means. Something about good health. Yeah, anyway. I think it's like, you know, like salute or like cheers, you know, it's just the whole thing. And that's Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was smooth. So to kick off the podcast, we have a few corrections to last episode um, that w that have come to light since the recording of it. Yeah. And uh, Andres, you go, you go first. Well, mine's less of a correction and more of additional information. So last week we talked about if we could fight an animal reasonably, which animal would we be able to beat in a fight? So we found out after the fact, after our friend Sage asked us this question on Snapchat, that this is a Twitter question that's been going around, which is something along the lines of ask your male friends what animal they could fight, etc. And they will talk for hours. Exactly. Which we did. So um, we, pro we proved that. Yeah, I felt completely. a little bit played, a little bit hurt. <laughs> but all the same, it was a very entertaining conversation. Yes, absolutely. And my correction is, is I realized that I kind of left my broken toilet story on a weird note. Not even <laughs> left it, but I said that if you take a shit at work uh -huh. and you break the toilet in some form... Yeah. That you can just leave it and it's not your problem anymore. I'm saying that that was a joke, but I made <laughs> okay. it sound oh so serious. Um, I, of course, would take responsibility because if I take a shit that is toilet breaking, that is something I am proud of and I will bring to the proper plumbing authorities. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. I didn't even like that didn't re register for me last week. It, it just really, like, like as soon as we finished the, the podcast, I was like, man, I kind of sound like an asshole <laughs> if I just poop in toilets and never, like, come back to fix the problem. Now, there's something to be said about this, though, because say you're in, like, a restaurant or a Target or something, oh. and you clog the toilet, you break the toilet, and there's not the proper equipment to deal with this problem. Right. You have to leave it. Yeah. Well, that's when you go to the, God forbid, this poor, you know, 16-year-old working at Target, <laughs> and you walk up to them, and you you say, but you don't take ownership for this. Yeah. You're just like, I don't, I don't know if you're the right person to tell this, but one of the toilets is, like, super clogged, and, like, it's... It's bad. And that's when you walk off and finish your day because you have like a lunch meeting or something. Yeah, exactly. That In that moment, I feel like it's okay. As long as somebody knows yeah. that things have happened and they can be properly dealt with. Anyway, <laughs> that's my addendum to story uh, or the toilet story from last week. 
And speaking of stories, Trace, do you have any fun stories for this week? I have a story. It's not from this week, but it is for this week. So on Super Bowl Sunday, we went to get hot wings. We pre-ordered hot wings for the Super Bowl. Um, of this year? Yeah, of this year. Okay. 2021 Super Bowl. And we pre-ordered because we knew everybody's stuck at home. They're all going to be wanting hot wings. You can't like go out to your favorite bar do whatever so we ordered hot wings and we got there and this place is busy like the parking lot is packed people are waiting for wings children are crying dogs are barking sounds like super bowl sunday to me (laughs) exactly but the greatest part about this visit to the wing place on super bowl sunday is that right in front of the building there's a table and a stand with a troop of Girl Scouts selling cookies. Oh, come on. And we drove away from the wing place, which must have been busy all day. Just sure. packed. And I was like, those Girl Scouts have hit their quota for the year. Um, Yeah, for the next decade, probably. Exactly. Holy moly. What a genius idea. Oh, you're on your way to your Super Bowl party. You need more snacks. You're getting hot wings. What is this? Five boxes of Thin Mints? Yeah. (laughs) Five boxes of Thin Mints. Eh, why not? Throw some do-si-dos in there. (laughs) You know, I'm feeling crazy. I like the Samoas. Give me a Samoa. (laughs) Coconut, chocolatey, caramel mixture. They're my favorite. Yeah, they're so good. They're absolutely my favorite. Yeah, kind of on... um, piggybacking off that wing story yeah how do you how do you feel about boneless wings do you think that they're they should be classified as wings or are they just glorified chicken nuggets this is a trap this this is a trick question it's a it's a i'm actually curious okay your opinion because i don't i think we've talked about this before here's how i feel about this i like boneless wings and they're good, and I will eat them. Uh-huh. And if someone comes up to me with boneless wings, I'm not going to turn them down. But I do think traditional wings are better. Okay, yeah. So are you a wing guy or or, or a leg guy? Like uh, flats or uh, drumsticks? I think that's what they're called. Yeah, drumsticks. I like the what flats. A, the hammer-looking one, not the the one <laughs> bone, not the two bone. <laughs> Right. Yes. I go to the local wing place and I say, 21 bones, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 21 bones, please. They'll 21 like, bones, 10 two bones. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, um, sauce is the way to go. Yeah. Like, we can go back and forth on the good parts of boneless versus traditional, but people who get dry rub are not my friends. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm definitely a saucy guy. Miss me with the dry. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, especially if you're getting hot wings, you, you, you're you not left as satisfied with a dry hot wing. That's true. I feel like you're way more satisfied if the sauce is still burning your lips like 45 minutes mm-hmm. after you've eaten the wing. I just love wiping up that last little bit of sauce with your two bone. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. Get that like good drippy sauce situation going. Um Ranch, blue cheese, nothing? Ranch or... No, mostly ranch. I hate blue cheese. We talked about this the other day. Yeah, I forgot we did that. Where I just like... I can't stand blue cheese in sauce form, crumbly form, (laughs) whatever. It's just not my cup of tea. And, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm happy with, you know, just ranch or no sauce at all for hot wings or salad or whatever else you use ranch and or blue cheese with 
I like blue cheese. We went to a restaurant yesterday, sat on the patio and stuff, because, you know. But it, it's been nice here lately, and so we sat on the patio, and I typically get blue cheese with my salad or whatever, but I could not get past the fact that the, I guess the brand or the signature blue cheese that they use is called Moody Blue Cheese. And every time I would read it, I would read it as moldy blue cheese. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. Okay. And I'm like, I can't get past this. Just give me balsamic <laughs> or something. I don't know. But that's what blue cheese is. Yeah, but I don't like it if it's marketed that way. Like, you don't like it if it's, with... if it's specifically telling you exactly what you are eating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're okay if it's called blue cheese where no food is naturally blue, but you're not okay if it says it's moldy blue cheese. Is, yeah. that, is that the line of logic I'm getting after? Okay. What food would be worse if it was named for exactly what it was? Ooh, man. <laughs> if it was named for exactly what it was, I feel like... I feel like mayonnaise would be pretty bad, like oily egg cream. Oily egg paste. Yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like caviar would be pretty nasty. It's like, ah, yes. Have some of this sturgeon egg <laughs> yeah. pile. I don't know. Just a little uh, mound of sturgeon eggs. Yeah, or or even like if we're getting into specifics, like, ah, yes, I see you're drinking a beer. That is fermented grain, my friend. Fermented soaked grain. Fermented grain water with bubbles. Yeah, with bubbles. Why not? Um, speaking of bubbly fermented grain water, it's St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And Andreas, I'm here to test you as a, a ambassador of Ireland, um, unofficially, <laughs> on your St. Patrick's Day trivia. Oh, okay. So first question, where was St. Patrick himself born? I feel like, is it, how specific is this question? I'm asking you the country in which he was born. Okay, because I feel like it, it's probably not Ireland for some reason. It's not. Just because that seems too obvious yeah right maybe like brussels or something or brussels. like wales wales is like the fly under the radar country of the uk it really is you don't hear a lot about wales did you know their flag literally has a dragon on it yeah it's dope <laughs> wales might be the coolest country yeah and they have a language that nobody except themselves can understand that is the way to do it and i feel like england and Ireland and stuff get a lot of heat for the stuff that happens in the United Kingdom and mm -hmm. praise also. And Wales just yeah. kind of goes about its business. Wales is chilling. Um, so you're you're right and you're wrong. There's a lot of debate on whether St. Patrick was Welsh or Scottish. Oh. But more sources say that he was born in Scotland. Uh, yeah, so not actually Irish, St. Patrick, turns out. Um, but he is regarded as the savior of Ireland from the snakes, and we won't get into um, the snake discussion. <laughs> that is far <laughs> too religiously charged and political at this point. I, I think it's way funnier if you just imagine it as Ireland being filled with a bunch of actual snakes. Yes, 100%. And this dude, like, waving a <laughs> stick around, just chases them into the ocean? Or Back into what? the ocean. <laughs> Like, like I could just imagine this monk decked out in green, waving his stick or, you know, maybe one of those, what the hell are they called in, in a Catholic church? Like the altar boys that wave the, the censers. Is that what it is? I think so. Like the, ash, the, it's like ash, the incense, you burn incense inside yeah. that hangs off a chain off a long yeah. pole. Yeah. 
I think it's called a sensor. I can imagine him just waving that, like chasing the snakes like, <laughs> off the cliffs of Dover. like Over his head, though, just like a cowboy. Yes, 100%. He's just a madman traversing the, the Irish countryside. Back in the water, snakes. snakes. Yeah, back into the ocean. All right, good. You got, uh, I'll, get, I'll credit you with that one. Okay. Uh, so the next question is, is when is the best time to sneak up on a leprechaun, according to <laughs> Irish folklore? fascinating is this is like one of those things like those urban legend things where it, a vampire can't come into your house before you let it yeah uh you know yeah. that sort of thing but it's like when do you sneak up on a leprechaun <laughs> when do you sneak up on a leprechaun gosh i don't know traditionally speaking is it very specific or is it like time of it, day this is hyper specific oh okay okay this is like i'll give you a hint the leprechaun is is performing a certain task okay. that he is most easily sneaked up on i during. see wow um i would say you sneak up on a leprechaun when he is harvesting his garden i don't know well you you know you're closer than i thought you would get because this is just a weird weird thing um the best time to sneak up on a leprechaun is when he's mending his shoes. Oh. Because traditionally, leprechauns were like akin to fairies. Uh-huh. Um, and they were kind of shoe fairies and fixed your shoes at night. Leprechauns are dope. But also, if you were to catch one, you get all the money he takes. Where does he get so his like, money? Well, that's how he gets paid. He fixes your shoe in the night, and if you, like, have lost your coin... You know, if you're you're an Irish guy and you've misplaced some of your money, let's say, you know, you lost a dollar that you could have sworn you put in your wallet and you never see it again. Uh-huh. That's because a leprechaun took it and fixed your shoes. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, when really you were just too drunk at the pub the night before and you yeah. spent all your money. <laughs> exactly. Bingo. It's easier <laughs> to tell your wife that a leprechaun took all your euros. It really is. Or whatever they were back back in you know i have no idea i I imagine they use something similar to the pound bottle caps probably (laughs) bottle caps (laughs) oh man that leads right into our next question andreas how many pints of guinness are consumed worldwide on average on saint patrick's day now this is a good question because the Irish pint and the American pint are different sizes. They are. But this is averaging those two, I think, along with averaging every St. Patrick's Day that has recorded how many pints for the last 100 years. <laughs> so, according to the first result on Google, the Republic of Ireland uses the imperial 20 fluid ounce pint measurement, which is mm-hmm. 568 milliliters? Sure. Why not? Anyway, um, where legal metrology marks are used to show that a glass has passed inspection by the National Standards Authority of Ireland. What? I guess. Wow. They take this stuff very seriously. Apparently, man. Um, anyway, okay, so 568 milliliters, 20 ounces. So a big boy. Mm-hmm. Bigger than your standard can. Right. And remember, this is asking worldwide. Yeah, yeah. In a single day total. Wow. Well... Hmm. If we do some like napkin math, so say I drink four pints. Sure. Okay. And I'm one person. Mm-hmm. And there's 
like 7 billion people in the world. That's true. I would say 10% of them are drinking. Eh, 5% of them are drinking on St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Uh, maybe? No, I'm, this is your math. I already know the answer. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So 7 billion. Uh, so we'll just do times 5%. So that's 350 million people. Uh, and say on average they have two and a half pints. I would say 875 million pints of Guinness. Wow. Okay. So the math you just did, I'm going to put it into a different perspective. You're saying if every living citizen of the United States had two pints of Guinness <laughs> on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that's the number you, you think it is. Yeah. But you have to disperse that throughout the world. Sure. Sure. Um, it's actually it's probably way too high. Yeah. Way smaller amount. 13 million, though, is it's still quite holy cow. The the number that is a lot. I mean, if you think beer. about it realistically, that's an absurd amount of beer. Yeah. Um, for context, 13 million, and I'm gonna go off the metric pint, the Irish pint. 13 million metric pints of Guinness would fill about a third of an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a lot. And That's a lot of beer. And that doesn't even count the whiskey and the other types of beer that people are drinking on St. Patrick's exactly. Day. Exactly. That, that is bananas. So Guinness Company is uh, really making bank on that day. They are. And did you know that the Guinness Book of World Records is actually associated with the Guinness Brewing Company because the former, I think it's the vice president, started the world record book. I thought <laughs> there were two separate entities. I, hmm. I wonder what led up to him doing that. Like, was there some sort of crazy record and he was like, we need some sort of record book. You know what? We can sponsor this. I'm sure one of the employees on, on, on the floor was like, hmm, I bet you I could drink more pints than you. And then he just drank an absurd amount of beer that day. And the vice president noticed, gave him a raise, but also <laughs> said, I'm going to write a book about world records. Cause, <laughs> damn. Uh, yeah. So that's how the Guinness Book of World Records was. Um Created in my personal history is a beer drinking contest. That's fascinating. Yeah, that that came from when I was vetting questions for this segment, and I thought that was kind of cool, but it there was no way I could build a question out of it. Anyway, final question, Andreas: What happens when you kiss the Blarney Stone? Uh, could you explain to us what that is? Yeah, the Blarney Stone is a large uh, stone that is suspended, more or less. Um, within the walls of Blarney Castle outside of Cork, Ireland. And obviously they've done a lot of tests and like uh, mathematics to like figure if this thing will ever actually fall because it's basically held together by two walls and it's just kind of wedged between them because the castle was falling apart. But this particular stone got wedged between them and it seems like it's just floating there. Like there's no, like to, to, the, to the common observer, there's no reason this thing should just be so easily suspended between right. these two walls. Okay. It's kind of like magic. And there is this tradition when you visit Blarney Castle that you kiss the Blarney Stone. And Andreas, why? Well, it probably probably makes you fall in love. Okay. Wow. You're really close. Again. When you kiss the Blarney Stone, you are endowed with the gift of gab. Oh. Um, essentially, it makes you a better flatterer, a better flirter, and just overall more charismatic. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why. 
I don't know why that's the gift you're given instead of like, hmm, you you've better balance. Go do gymnastics. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea of going on a Tinder date or like a blind date and you've been hitting it off for a while and you're hanging out in the bar and she's like, gosh, you're just so funny and charismatic. Like, have you always been this way? And you're like, well, I went to a castle, hiked up to a magic floating stone, kissed it, and it gave me the gift of being more charming. Yeah. I mean, for all you listeners out there, put that in your Tinder profile. <laughs> kissed magic floating stone <laughs> six miles outside of Cork, Ireland. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I feel like I have sufficiently flexed my Irish history knowledge. So why don't we, we transition to our armchair experts segment for this week. Andreas, what do you know about Irish history or St. <laughs> Patrick's Day? So I don't know that much about Irish history. I'm going to be honest. And admittedly, I wish I knew more. What do you know, Peter? What do you know about Irish history? Um, I do know. I don't know why this particular date range has stuck in my brain for the last decade and a half, but the Irish potato famine was between the years of 1845 and 1849. But at the same time, that is right coming up on the Irish Revolution, where Northern Ireland seceded from other Ireland, <laughs> the, the rest <laughs> of Ireland. Yes, known at the time as Other Ireland. <laughs> Um, I know a lot of turn of the 20th century Irish literature because of James Joyce and Samuel Beckett. Yes. Okay. Uh, because I did a lot of studying of them in college. And apart from that, some fun St. Patrick's Day trivia I know is that Boston, Massachusetts held the very first St. Patrick's Day parade in like 1782 or something. Whoa. Ages ago. And it continues to be the largest St. Patrick's Day parade in the world. I also learned that more people in the United States claim to be Irish or of, of Irish descent by like six times more than the people that actually live in Ireland. <laughs> oh wow that's interesting so yeah. i think it's like 36 million americans claim to uh -huh. be irish or significantly of irish descent like more than 50 percent. and how many people live in ireland i have no idea but i know that four million i like people that live in ireland say they're true irish oh okay like like genuine celtic backgrounds and yes stuff. and i think that i think at least that is it due in part to all the Irish immigrants in the early 1900s when they were so pissed at the UK over the Catholicism, Protestantism, monarchy crap. So they came to New York, Boston, etc. Right. And made their home there. Once again, armchair experts, people. I have no idea if this has <laughs> any basis in truth. It, it, it seems possible for sure. It, may, uh... it seems to make sense, right? But I have no, nothing to back this up on. There's also a lot of, I feel like, positive stigma and cool and interesting and fun history that has to do with Ireland and, and that region of the world generally it has a lot of mystery and interest and intrigue. And I feel like mm -hmm. people are drawn toward that a I lot. I think so too. And I think that's because there's a lot of Celtic symbolism that has kind of remained present, you know, through the years. So an example I have is, is I bought my fiance a pair of earrings 
uh, for our anniversary, and they're they're in the shape of a Celtic knot. Mm-hmm. But you always see like people getting tattoos of Celtic imagery because it's just it's cool and swirly and loopy. So I think that has helped preserve that kind of mystery. It's like, oh, I know that's Celtic, but I don't know why. <laughs> There's something so intrinsically welcoming about about St. Patrick's Day in Ireland and just the whole thing of, um, well, everyone around the world is drinking and having fun and listening to traditional Irish music. Mm-hmm. And a, a big part of St. Patrick's Day, I think, is that everybody is Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Absolutely. You know, and, and anybody can take part and it's all one big global celebration. And that's really awesome. And I think that that is intrinsic in the culture as well, not just on St. Patrick's Day, but that, I, I think that's something that a lot of people um, want to identify with and have fun with. And it's a fun thing. Sure. I mean, I certainly have worn a Kiss Me I'm Irish t-shirt before. <laughs> Um, nice. <laughs> fully knowing I don't have an ounce of Irish blood in me. Um, huh. I'm Scottish predominantly. Okay. Like m- probably about 40 to 50% of my bloodline is Scottish. So I feel like I actually own St. Patrick's Day after finding out he's probably Scottish. Oh, yeah, that's true. St. Patrick came from Scotland. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Do you have any Do you have any Irish or Scottish in you? I don't think so. Yeah. Um Lots of Spanish and maybe some Native American. My mom's side was German, mm-hmm. um, very German. Part of the initial uh, German immigrants that settled down in the Midwest in the Nebraska area. Mm-hmm. There, my grandma lives in a tiny, itty-bitty German town in the middle of Nebraska. My great-grandma okay. called Eustis, which is Eustis, Nebraska. The most German name ever. Wow. Uh, so, so no, I don't think I have a whole ton of Irish. In Fair. Me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then here's a good question. How have you celebrated, uh, St. Patty's day in the past? What, what is your, like your go-to? My go-to. Yeah. What, what it's different you when you're a kid, done? right? Because it's sure. just the thing of like, oh, I pinch you if you're not wearing green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're let, kids. Let, let's get to the fun stuff. In the last, you're almost 24. Yeah. Um, so for the last two years coming on this will be your third post-21 St. Patrick's Day, right? My fourth. Four. No, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. Cause yeah. Because I, yeah. I would have turned 21 before, or I'm right. sorry, after St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it's actually a funny story because <laughs> we were looking for somewhere to hang out on St. Patrick's Day, either last year or the year before. It would have been the year before because last year was COVID. They typically blur together anyway, so I don't blame you. <laughs> That's a good point. 2020 just doesn't exist anymore. So, uh, We went looking for places that were holding events for St. Patrick's Day, and mm. we ended up just hanging out at Torchy's Tacos and drinking margaritas in solidarity. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is oh. nothing to do with St. Patrick's Day. That's fantastic. Um, um, still a good time. Yeah. So my last couple of experiences have been pretty wild because in the the town I went to college in, there is an Irish pub at the end of yeah. like the row of bars downtown. And it's called 317. And so uh, every year we would go there and do Irish car bombs. Uh-huh. Have you ever had an Irish car bomb? I was just going to say, I've never. So is that when you do a shot of Jameson and then you drop it in a Guinness? You're really close. 
Okay. So you get half a pint of Guinness. Okay. And then you also get a shot that is half Jameson, half Bailey's. Okay, that's what it is. Gotcha. You drop that in your Guinness and you chug it. Oh I adore these things. They are so delicious. And, like, they taste so similar to chocolate milk, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but they are so good. But the problem is, is that since I love them so much, is I would pound two or three of these things. Mind you, this is half a beer and a full shot each. Mm -hmm. So by the time I've just, you know, heavy air quotes on this, started drinking, I've already had a beer and a half and three shots. <laughs> oh, no. In like maybe 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, that's no good. That's already a rocky start. That'll put you out, man. Yeah. But then at the neighboring bar, bar nine, they would have discounted Jameson shots because <laughs> it's Irish whiskey. It's an Irish holiday. Instead of having, you know, $5 for your Jameson shot, uh -huh. it'll be two fifty. So then... You know, I'm out with a bunch of friends. People will just buy rounds. Right. Even if it, even if you're out with 10 people, you're only spending 25 bucks on 10 shots yeah. of liquor. That's insane. Yeah. So a lot of my St. Patrick's Day have been very blurred. I always <laughs> go full out. I wear green. I have a green shirt. I have a, like a leprechaun hat. I have, I have, I have like knee-high green socks. I always had a great time. This is this is single-handedly the most chill St. Patrick's Day I've ever lived <laughs> um, since turning 21. I feel like tangentially, mm -hmm. there's another holiday that falls near St. Patrick's Day, which is Mardi Gras or oh, yeah. Shrove Tuesday or Fat Tuesday. Uh, which What was that middle one? Shrove Tuesday. I've never heard it called Shrove Tuesday. Okay, let me read to you. Yeah, please educate me on Shrove this shroviness. <laughs> Shrove Tuesday is the day before Ash Wednesday, which is Mardi Gras. Uh -huh. Observed in many Christian countries through participating in confession and absolution, the ritual burning of the previous year's Holy Week palms, finalizing one's Latin sacrifices, blah, 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 blah. And then the most important sentence, as well as eating pancakes and other sweets. Oh, my God. Sign uh, me up. I love breakfast. Which Fat Tuesday, of course, is called Fat Tuesday because it's right before Lent, and then you have to start fasting. Um, right. Traditionally. Well, what a lot of people don't know is that Mardi Gras in French literally means Fat Tuesday or Tuesday. Yeah. Fat, okay. Actually, yeah. But... So that's awesome. Wow. So Wikipedia also linked me to Shrovetide. Oh. Which is known as the pre-Lenten season. Oh, of um, course. It's the period of preparation before Lent. Where you just eat a bunch, I guess. Okay. Uh, there's lots of imagery of pancakes. I wonder if sh a shrove is a pancake. I mean, now I need to know now. Because we're doing all of this. Um, we're doing it live. Um, very very um, spontaneously because I didn't do any research about Shrove Tuesday. This really begs the question while you do this research. Like, if my local fire station is doing a uh -huh. pancake breakfast to support the boys in red, <laughs> can I then say... I'm hosting a Shrove breakfast. Uh, well, you could say that. It wouldn't mean what you wanted it to mean, though, because I've now done the research. Okay. Well, lay it <laughs> it's on a me. form of the English word shrive, which means to obtain absolution for one's sins by ways of confession and doing penance. 
Okay. So what Shrove is just the past pancakes? tense? I guess. But everything I'm looking up about Shrove Tuesday is synonymous with Pancake Tuesday. <laughs> I'm down. I mean, all right, cool. Mardi Gras, here I come. I'm going to listen to jazz, eat gumbo. But first, have a pancake breakfast. <laughs> Load up on pancakes. You know it. All right, Andreas. It's time for questions and answers and yeah. advice. Welcome to Unlicensed Therapy, people. Andreas and I are neither your therapist nor licensed to be your therapist. Even in the furthest uh, reach where we could possibly be, anybody who could give you professional advice to do anything, don't. That is not what we're qualified to do. <laughs> anyway, at Royboy140 asks, uh, why is it impossible for humans to live a life without pain in a world so cruel as ours? Peter, my goodness. I'm glad you have started our first question segment with yeah. <laughs> We're one of the hardest questions I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, um, really hitting us hard right from the get-go. Okay, go ahead uh, and hit me with that one more time. Yeah, one more time. Why is it impossible for humans to live a life without pain in a world so cruel as ours? So let's, let me frame it to you this way, Peter. Mm -hmm. There is the duality. In, in the normal world, people associate different temperatures with hot and cold. Okay. But in the scientific community, there's only heat, less heat, and lack of heat, right? Everything is heat, it's just what heat it is. Does I'm not sure sense? where you're going with this at all, but yeah, it makes sense. Keep going. So cold is relative to what you consider to be heat, whereas it could all just be considered temperature. Basically what I'm saying is pain is just relative to the lack of pain in the same way that heat is relative to the lack of heat. Okay. So without pain, there is not no pain which means you need pain to experience the human condition. There we go. Figured it out. All right, Schrodinger. Uh, next question comes from at Real Space Cats. Have you seen any good anime lately? Well, you could have led with that one. No. I'm doing about these like, as they came in order. Um, I can answer this. Have you seen any good anime lately? Uh, you know, oh, what's your favorite color? Don't worry. Why can humans not experience a life without pain? Don't worry. It gets better. So yeah, at Space Cats S, seen any good anime lately? Um, I can answer that real quick. I have not. Uh, I haven't watched anime in a long time. I wish I could answer this question with a yes, because there are lots of good animes that I like, but I wouldn't consider myself a frequent anime watcher which i feel like boils down to i just don't have time to do everything that i want to do sure and anime is a commitment it really it is. really is yeah i started watching jojo's bizarre adventure uh-huh i might be four episodes in and that took me like two months already yeah so that that is the most recent anime that i've watched but it's not a consistent thing nor i don't think it ever will be Mm -hmm. um, I also don't want you to at me about all of the reasons why the animes I've seen are good and bad. So I'm just going to say no. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, at Maddie Kate asks, does God exist? <laughs> <laughs> I told you they'd come back. <laughs> uh, I, I want to see the, you know, in newspapers where it's like, dear Annie. That's it, right? Is it dear Annie? Dear Abby, that's it. Dear Abby, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would love in newspapers if it was Dear Abby, 
does God exist? I know, and then right? Abby, who is a nameless, faceless journalist, has to go in and and tell you yes or no. Yeah, or try to dodge the question entirely. Yeah, which is exactly what we're gonna do. Um, at Thomas is strange asks, <laughs> "What is?" This is a really good question. I was really excited to read this one. Um, what is the worst kind of person you could possibly work with? Oh, okay. Um, this question has layers. It has a lot of layers. Define what the worst type of person is to work with. I w- I, yeah, I, I would say work with. Um, I can personally say that like it, I have to first and foremost like the person to hold like any kind of extended conversation with them. So the worst kind of person to work with is somebody that assumes you're already on, you know, really amiable <laughs> terms. Okay, okay, I gotcha. That, like, even day one of starting a new job, they're immediately already under the assumption that they are your best friend, uh-huh. which prompts them to be oversharing and over-needy, uh, almost. So, like, personally, in my experience... The worst kind of person to work with is the person that overshares their personal life at work with you when you didn't even ask for it. Uh This happened a lot when I was working at Starbucks, is that any number of one of the baristas would come to me for whatever reason. Maybe I just have the face that says, I understand. Tell me all of your problems, please. I'm not trying to do anything else right now. And I would hear about every goddamn relationship issue, (laughs) every goddamn family issue. And every goddamn issue at school on planet Earth while I was trying to work. I love it, too, with these people when you're fully checked out and you're just going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh, okay. And they, they can't figure it out. They just keep going. Yeah, I think that's just because they're so invested in yeah. trying to get whatever they want out of the conversation because it's never just a vent. It's to get like some kind of affirmation or like just to have somebody understand their point of right. view, <laughs> especially if it's like they're trying to tell you their side of a fight and you have no idea who they're fighting with or what they said. <laughs> right. So they're only trying to win you over with what they said. So it's like the most extremely biased shit you've ever heard. I find that typically that makes me want to side with them less. Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. It's like, okay, I hear what you're saying. But how much of this is what you wanted to hear and not what actually was said? You know, it's like there's so much lost in the the game of telephone that is um, telling somebody else about a fight you had that I just I that's like you said, I totally check out. But who do you hate to work with? I have two answers to this question. Oh, okay. The first Go for it. answer might seem obvious, or it probably is obvious, but it's the person that consistently brings politics to work where, yeah. where you come in and it's so and so did this. Did you hear about this? Did you know this? And 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 it's all about politics and the political climate. And when I'm at work, I feel like I've done a pretty good job at keeping my political views from my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you could go to many of them and they could say, oh, this is what Andreas thinks about this or whatever. Probably none of them. And it just drives me crazy when someone has to be heard about everything they believe in a political sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. You know, not at work, you know, not at work, you know, save that for, you know, getting drinks after work. 
but not at work. That should be illegal. You're like a captive audience, right? Like you, you are. Can't get away. No, one hundred percent. You at your are. Desk. Yeah. <laughs> that happens to me all the time when I'm at work. When I'm trying to do something, and I have headphones that I bring to work too, so I try to make it painfully obvious that I don't want to talk to anybody. Right. <laughs> that I'm just going to keep, you know, working on whatever spreadsheet I'm staring at for the last 20 minutes. Or I'm ready to answer my phone, my, like, office phone at a moment's notice so I can get out of any conversation ever. <laughs> That's great. That does not stop people from approaching me and telling me about anything they want. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing wrong. The second worst type of person to work with is the type of person that's never working and always gets away with it. Yes. Okay. I will plead guilty to this because I have been a not working but still getting away with it kind of person in the past. Which, you know, at a minimum wage job where it's not the thing you want to be doing or whatever, whatever, like you're in high school and you're just working to get the paycheck and try to survive. But when you're in as a, an office setting or any any professional setting where it takes the entire team to make something happen... And this person's job is important and you are held to a high expectation and you're expected to be working the entire time. And then they're milking the time clock, hanging out in the bathroom, talking to your coworkers, yeah, doing anything they can not to be working on the thing that you're forced to be working on. That's very frustrating. Yeah, I think that that reigns true, especially with collaborative assignments. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for all the questions sent to at unlicensed show on Twitter, as well as uh, Instagram at unlicensed therapy show. We appreciate you ringing in. I'm going, uh, I kind of run those uh, accounts, so I will try to tweet and make a post on Instagram um, a little bit before the show, maybe a day, maybe a few hours. Who knows? Really depends on when I remember uh, to kind of get your questions and, and we'll answer them uh, when we record. Um, any any closing thoughts there, Andreas? Yeah, I will say, so we had our back-to-back episodes for our pilot and our St. Patrick episodes uh, back-to-back weeks. Um, from now on, it's going to be one week on, one week off. So every other week, we will be releasing tentatively on Friday, and I think that's what you'll see for a while, our Friday episodes. Let us know also on our social media or any platform that we can engage with you what's working what's not working what you like what you want to see more of etc yeah we'd love to hear your feedback and um if you're listening to this you will probably be listening on either spotify or apple podcasts we will be able to be found anywhere that you listen to podcasts because we're uh, being distributed through anchor fm so more details on that in the future probably next episode but other than that thanks for listening we appreciate you and uh happy saint patrick's day happy saint patrick's day peter should we do one more uh you know one more send them off shot yeah, let's do one more send them off shot oh i will never get tired of that sound oh man all right well as they uh as they say in ireland apparently slancha slancha